Hi and welcome to the Courageous Mama podcast. It's great to be with you again today. To take a moment out of parenting, to think about what to put into parenting. And thank you for your lovely messages and encouragements. And welcome if you're new this week. If you want to be encouraged, if you want to feel empowered as a parent, and if you want to grow in your connection with your children, then you've come to the right place. So here's a funny story from my week. I always say to clients, try to keep a straight face when your children tell you or show you something that's alarming or concerning. It just gives them the message that you're big enough to handle it. It prevents that wall being put up before you've even had a chance to explore how they're feeling about it. So now I want to share with you an epic fail that I had this week. One of our children has ordered an item of clothing that looks to me, well, shall we say, a little bit space age. So we were coming back from our hill run in the morning and he was telling his sister about this new purchase and he shows her on his phone. So when we get to the red lights, I say, oh, well, let's have a look then. And he shows me and I just completely lost it. I got hysterical laughter from nowhere. I mean, honestly, I thought this thing was so funny. I mean, I nearly ate the steering wheel. You know, when you're laughing so much that you're crying and you just can't get the words out. The kids were so surprised by it. They actually videoed me. I mean, I would show it to you, but um, my hair had roots. It needed dying. It wasn't my best side. So <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. But I still chuckle when I think about it. And of course, they have been used to being kids of a parenting coach. So they've got all the right comebacks. Oh, really emotionally intelligent mum. Thanks for being a safe place for me to share my stuff. Thank you for your unconditional support, mum, and so on. So no excuses, just fantastically poor parenting example on my part. They actually have um, a little Instagram called The Courageous Kids, and occasionally they put up photos or videos of Con and my not-so-finest moments. I think they've had a lot of requests, but fortunately, I think it's still a closed account, so it's purely for their own amusement and gratification. Glad to be of assistance, kids. We aim to please. So this week, I'm going to chat to you about a way to stay sane and empowered as a parent. And I think it comes at quite a good point of the term. You're all stuck in. You've all got them all back to school. You're back in the juggling zone. And we don't know what's going to happen next in this COVID crazy world. So I'm going to use a really simple tool that's made a great difference to some of my trickier moments. And I know that it's made a difference to many people. And I was reminded of that the other day when a friend of mine, who's a counsellor, took it off with her as a precious gem after we'd had a chat and she applied it. And I thought that was very humble of her, given her wealth of experience. But it did remind me that we never stop learning, do we? So if you want to be more proactive and less impacted by other people's faults and fails, or if you're just feeling a little bit out of control on one or another front, this one's for you. It's called the circle of influence and the circle of concern. I'm not sure who originally came up with it, but I'm going to credit Stephen Covey because that's where I first saw it. And I think he got a credit last week too. I am very grateful for that man's legacy. So this tool is basically your shortcut to being proactive 
and empowered in different situations in your life. You'll have heard me say in previous podcasts, I manage me, you manage you. I'd say it's almost the mantra of the podcast and this tool is a great outworking of that. It's a great way to make sure we're in that zone. You'll get the most out of this if you can grab a pencil and paper, just a small notelet or the back of an envelope will do. But if you can't, don't worry, you can picture it. And if you found it valuable, you can always come back to it at a later point. I know that some of you do this podcast together as couples. So if that's you, I would say get a piece of A4 and get some post-it notes and you'll see why in a minute. But as I say, you can visualise it. And if you're driving or jogging, it's not a difficult picture to visualise. So here goes. Draw or imagine a circle. Let's say dinner plate size circle. And now put another circle inside that first one. So effectively, you've got a large polo mint or a frisbee, if you like. That outer ring is your circle of concern. And the inner ring is your circle of influence. And inside those two circles are all the things that are troubling you. That could be finances. It could be something that somebody said. It could be something that you've said. Perhaps you said something that you regret to a child or to a friend. It could be that your job is at risk. Or maybe you feel that one of your children is drifting from you. Perhaps you're feeling distant from your partner. Whatever it is, if it's bothering you, it belongs within those two circles. So now, if it's something that you feel that you can do something about, put it in the middle circle. Either imagine it there or, as I say, if you've got post-it notes, write it on there and stick it in the middle. If it's something you feel you can't do anything about, pop it in the outside circle, that sort of frisbee ring. Your circle of concern, that outer ring, is often the place where we react from our emotions. It's the place where we can find our minds looping around and around an issue. We can get distracted and just keep returning to it over and over. Actually, it can hijack our day sometimes, can't it, if it feels really big. It's a place where we feel powerless because we can't mend it and we can't change it. And perhaps if you're like me, you can even find yourself getting a little bit short with the people around you or with your children because your mind is in that place. And when you're in that space, you'll know it because your language is different when you're living from your circle of concern. Your language can be defensive or blaming or certainly self-protective. The circle of influence, however, is a different space and that's the middle circle. That's the place from where you can consider your options. You may not be able to change the situation, but you might find that you do have some choices in or around it. The circle of influence is where we react. That circle of influence is where we act from our principles, our values. So it's proactive rather than reactive. And again, our language is different when we're operating from that inner circle. It'll be more like, what I can do is this. What I can learn from it is this. What I can accept is this. Let's take a practical example. Here's one that we can all relate to. 
Your child's room is in a terrible mess. There are food plates or empty crisp packets. You can't tell the clean clothes from the dirty ones. It's a virtual health hazard. What's your language like around this problem? And that'll quickly tell you which circle you're operating from. Does it sound a bit like this? They're so ungrateful to have their own room. I can't believe they keep it like that. I'm going to have to tidy it again. I've told them a million times to keep it nicely, but nothing. Why do I have to be the one to clear it every time? If your language does sound a bit like that, I can't say I blame you. All of the above may be true. But what they'll do is they'll keep you in that circle of concern. There'll be the sentences of why, complaints about not being listened to, disbelief, feeling like a victim, comparing their behaviour to someone else's behaviour, comparisons, and labelling them. They're all disempowered. They're all in that outer circle. They may even cause you to say some unhelpful things to your child and that can cause disconnect. So how do we move that issue from the circle of concern into the circle of influence? Well, we can't make them care about the room. We can't make them grateful that they've got one. We can't micromanage what food goes in there. And we can't make them want to keep those clean clothes in the cupboard. But we can manage ourselves. So let's look at what can we manage? What can we learn? What principles do we want to go from? It doesn't mean you can't look at the emotion that it causes. We can be self-empathetic. Now, I'm not going to veer into a podcast about how to get a child to clear their room or we'll be off course. But roundly speaking, here are some examples. We can manage what snacks we buy. We can have a time of the week that the room gets inspected. We can permit them to go out when the room has passed inspection. We can make a time to talk it through when we're not at the height of that emotion and when we've steadied ourselves to be non-accusatory and non-blamey. We can decide who gets which room depending on responsibility levels if you're in a situation where rooms can be moved around. Be careful here because remember this isn't the place where we react from emotions. I'm not suggesting that you move the rooms around in a fit of fury when they're at school one day. But we can decide what the consequences are going to be and when we're going to express them. We can decide the language that we use and we can be aware of our emotions and manage when we don't have that conversation. It can be worth going back to the consequences podcast if this is an issue for you and if you want to find some good consequences. There are some great ways to tackle this issue and that's podcast seven. But the point is today about being proactive, not reactive. Let's take another issue and let's take something completely out of the sphere of children this time. Let's say a friend of yours has been a bit aloof lately and you can't work out what you've done wrong and you're upset and it's looping round your mind. First of all, let's describe that in reactive terms. I don't know what I've done to deserve it. She never seems to realise when she's hurting me. I never do that to her. Has somebody said something? Has she talked to other people about me? I think I'll give her a wide berth and see how she likes it. So those are all in that circle of concern. 
So let's put the same issue now in the middle, in the circle of influence. Well, I'm not sure what it's all about. I can't think of anything in particular, so it's probably not about me. I could drop her a text and ask if everything's okay, or I could just give her a bit of space. I'm going to assume it's not me, unless she says differently. I'm going to be non-defensive if she does address something that I've done, and I find that difficult to hear. I can make time for somebody else. So all of that latter list depends on you, not on her. They're proactive, not reactive. They don't take the problem away, but simply moving them across will have a physiological impact on your cortisol levels. You're engaging your frontal lobe. You're telling your amygdala, that's your fight or flight reactor, who's boss. It's proactive. And you can probably think of some much better ones once you get really thinking in that circle of influence. But by way of example, those ideas just veer your mind away from self-pity, victim mindset, catastrophizing. They don't guarantee that it wasn't you, but they enable you to manage it either way. And as I say, it doesn't mean there won't be emotions and that it won't be hard but you won't be feeding the negative emotions. I heard a really great analogy a while back about negative emotions. And he was saying, let's say you've got a good dog and a really bad dog. And let's say you feed the good dog and you don't feed the bad dog. What happens to the bad dog? It dies. Sorry to be brutal if you're an animal lover. Don't feed the negative emotions and they will get smaller. And here's the magical part. The more time you spend in the circle of influence, the bigger it gets and the smaller the ring, the circle of concern becomes. It doesn't eliminate issues, but it does change your mindset. So here's a question for you. What can you identify in your family culture that you're frustrated about? Dinner times? Lateness, rudeness, untidiness, lack of homework, use of screens. And now notice your language when you describe it. Either describe it out loud or describe it to your partner or to a friend or, as I say, just to yourself. And notice how you speak about it. What kind of words are you using? And you'll know whether that's in the middle circle of influence or the outer circle of concern simply by how you speak about that child, about yourself and about the issue when you talk about it. And you'll notice whether you're more proactive and in the middle or reactive and on the outside. Is your behaviour and language improving the situation? Is it making it better or is it making it worse? Have you ever seen The Lion King? I love that film. I think I was pregnant with our first child when I first saw it. And there's this part where Scar, the antagonist, he's the lion that didn't inherit the Pride Lands, is feeling frustrated because his lackeys, the hyenas, just aren't doing his bidding. They're just not getting it right. And he's definitely in the circle of concern. His language and his demeanour is, why is this happening to me? I can't believe how other people are behaving. 
poor me. And his famous line is... I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> I just couldn't do that as well as he does. He's not empowered. He's overpowering, but he's disempowered. And his language gives him away. I would not be drawn to spend the afternoon with him. I'm just interrupting this podcast for a moment to say if you're enjoying The Courageous Mama, I think you'll love the book Parenting for Life. This is what readers have to say. This book is absolute gold dust. I bought this book to give away, but I'm keeping it. This book has so many helpful suggestions for the modern family, and it's helpful for our marriage too. This book is a must in every home. If I was able to buy just one book on parenting, this would be the book. Parenting for Life is available to listeners at a special rate on the Courageous Mama website and blog. www.thecourageousmama.com There's a link in the show notes. You know, proactive people, empowered people, are much easier to be around. They're not overpowering. They're just less draining. Their needs and their moods don't all depend on other people's behaviours. They're more stable. They're more consistent. They're not controlling. They're in control. And interestingly, in not controlling others, they get better results. Think of someone you know who's empowered. I don't mean someone who is eternally sunny and never has a problem and can't admit that anything's ever wrong. I mean somebody who has needs but lives from that circle of influence. That person is an influencer. They're a culture builder. They're energising to be around. They rarely speak unkindly about others and that builds trust. Nobody has a charmed life but we all react differently to our challenges. I have a friend who's going through a really tough separation. The challenges are crazy. But she's worked out where she has influence, how she can manage herself, how she can manage the school issues, what areas she can do nothing about and what areas she can do something about. And in spite of her crazy circumstances, she's not draining to be around. It could be hard to change overnight, but is there one small challenge that you could flip from one circle to another? It might feel counterintuitive at first, but the more you do it, the more that middle circle will grow. And soon enough, you'll be more influential and more empowered and the people around you will feel more empowered in your company. You'll be being courageous and it will impact your connection to those around you. I hope you found that helpful. Let me know how that's gone for you. And if you found that useful, I think you'll enjoy the book, Parenting for Life. It's full of great tools and tips and useful practical things to help you relate better to the people around you, to improve the connections, to improve the culture in your family, to set the culture and to reap the dividends. If you've enjoyed this podcast, pop across and have a look at the book. The link's in the show notes. Also, you might be interested to know that Madeline sees parents privately to chat through parenting issues. Contact her on the email address in the show notes.
Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.